This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another lovely afternoon with lots of sunshine here in town. Thank you for joining us for the Laurie and Julia Show on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. There's a big event coming up tonight. Oh, boy. Little Julia's involved. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let's hear all about it. Julia, well, listen, what have you gotten us into? Well, not I me. haven't gotten you into anything. <laughs> what has this company gotten me into? Oh, okay, that's right, because well, talk is a sponsor of that's Date for right. Life, which is happening tonight. And that's Date, spell out for F-O-R. Life.org. And there's tickets available, and people can just show up at the door. And it's supposed to be, and it's just bachelors and bachelorettes in the Twin Cities. Raising with, money for, for a good cause. Yes, for children's cancer. And, and it, the event center is at St. Anthony, Maine. And it's right by that restaurant, Hefe, which is by, like, where Tugs was you know so it's just a little bit down from the scene from the theater oh okay. and they've got you know you can park in that ramp There's that's great up there parking. and you just walk underneath the tunnel and it takes you right to this event center it's kind of nice and it's supposed space. to be that's what i've heard that it's the space beautiful. is really nice it's at it's called the view at the minneapolis event center and so it starts the doors open at six and there's all these different unique packages with different bachelor and bachelorettes. And then, and of course, I'm sure cocktails are oh, available. Oh, there's cocktails. They're passing hors d'oeuvres. Lovely. There's um, other things available there. I think there's a little gift bag. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's going to be a fun night. And it gets over at nine. I think it's like six and, to nine or and, something. And what's your package if someone were going to bid on doing something fun with Julia? With me? Yes. You? Okay. I'm part of it, too. No. Oh, okay. But I could be if you it, could there's be room if you for me. me. If there's a pedal pub involved, I can pedal. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have been a great idea. No, it is. You know, no one. Um, you no can't, one knows what you're getting. I know. I know what I'm doing, and people um, can bid. You can either buy the whole package. What it's is a suite. It? Okay. To see to go to a Minnesota Wild game, and they're going to play the Dallas North Stars. Okay. Just and star, the date. Roughly. I'll give you the date. Okay. I'll give you everything. My goodness. Let's just get it all out there because maybe you just want to call in and bid. Um, well, this did come up at bowling last night. Oh, my gosh. Bowling. Because people can't buy tickets to go sit in a suite. So it's really cool. Yeah. And the wild games are so much fun anyway. So it's for um, Thursday. It's a Thursday night mm-hmm. on um, what month is that? March 29th. So at the end of the month. Yeah, at the end mm-hmm. of the month. It's a Thursday night. So the way the bidding is going to go is either you can bid to buy the whole suite, right. which has 16 seats, less me, mm-hmm. or I think there's 17 seats, or you can bid um, in pairs 
and would take like the highest eight bidders or something. Nice. So it just kind of depends on how it goes. But it's an opportunity to sit in a suite. Yeah. We'll have food and we'll have beer and we'll have. Um, do you think Casey would like to do this? Why wouldn't he? I, I don't know. I've never seen him watch any hot wild hockey. It's real. The games are really fun. Yeah. The games are really fun. And. Um, well, I know it's a Manapalooza. It all, is a Manapalooza, ladies. All my single girlfriends that have ever gone to that even once are like, wow, that is a lot of guys in one place. It, there are a ton of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of gals, too, at hockey. Yeah, no, but not I as know, many girls no, as guys. No. Yeah, it's just kind of... It, it is, is a Manapalooza. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is And a tonight there's some bachelors being yeah. auctioned off with some good packages, mm-hmm. and maybe you'd meet someone. Yeah. I, um... I'm representing the... Um... No, my favorite part of this whole thing yesterday, Julia says, um, by the way, I looked at the dress code and it's business suits or dresses. And I'm like, what the hell no, are you talking about? You said, about? what am I supposed to wear to this? No, I didn't ask you that. You volunteered Did that. Really? Do not have your revisionist history with me. I'm sitting right here. Okay. <laughs> so, so I wish you would remember yours. things differently yeah, sometimes. It I would know. be so much easier on me. I know. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, there's going to be any time something's like on a Thursday, people will dress however they dress Absolutely. at work. So anyway, I looked it up and it said the, it says right on there, if you love wearing jeans or you love wearing a pretty dress, everything that. is welcome. I just saw what the bachelorettes were wearing. The bachelors were wearing suits well, and the bachelorettes were wearing dresses. Uh, yeah, and I never saw your photo. It's there. All right. It came in at the end. Oh, Julia, what if like just Mr. Gr- Christian Gray is there and he you think bids he on be? you? Never know. Yeah. Wouldn't that be? That'd be amazing. Some guy with a British accent. Either. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm casting the reality <laughs> Are show right now. Are you casting it right now? <laughs> right so anyway, that's now. tonight. If anyone can go and you can just get tickets at the door. And again, it's for what children's What is it, like 20 cancer. bucks to get in? I think it's a little more. But free food and stuff. Do I have to pay? She's <laughs> <Jeez, laughs> Honest <laughs> Pete. You're there to support me. Yeah, well. You're there to well, you're help You're going to open me. the bidding, aren't you, Lori? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm going to have the opening paddle. Yeah. Oh, I love that you're going to have a paddle. Yeah. Let All me, right. Can I just tell you about bowling last Please. night? So we bowled. The week before you were horrid. Oh, Julia, let me tell you. I've lost. Uh, finally, my buddy Joe said to me, forget about how you used to bowl. <laughs> let's establish <laughs> a new you. Let's, <laughs> let's work with what you got. Because yesterday, I when I deleted a thousand emails oh. individually, I gave Which myself drove me crazy. carpal tunnel. And there were only like 10 emails that I needed to even look at of the thousand. Because you won't listen to me and sort it by place. And then I know how to delete it so much quicker. I'm never going to do that again. So it really screwed up my bowling arm. So it wasn't until I started icing the top of my hand in the third (laughs) game that I finally bowled a 166. That's good. Cold could put my head up in in pride. It was just really every time I threw the ball, it was like I was walking back like a dog with a tail between my legs. Let my team down again. Is it all? Is it you? No, you it's five of us with our scores. But we bowled the hot sauce team, and they're really fun. And uh, they're in first place in this uh, third. The hot sauce team. Hot sauce team. And I said to this one guy, I said, I really love your man Puma pant. He had like a. What? Well, I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> they weren't sweatpants because they had more flair than sweatpants, uh-huh. but they had a Puma logo, uh-huh. pockets. You know, they look like a pant. It looked like a pant, but it's sweat sweat shirt material. So I said, I like your man Puma pant. What what did he say? What did he say? He said, I got it at the Puma outlet Egan store. He knew right what I was talking about. He said, aren't they great? 
That is so funny. That is yeah. so funny. Well, because it was a nice. Uh, there was no moose knuckle. There was yes. no unsightly tugging. They, it fit like a pant. And then, and then um, the kids are wearing those. Larry. Yeah, and then my buddy Joe says to me, "I wish more women would wear a man puma pant instead of their leggings. The smuggling the yo-yo pants. Yeah, the yes. yoga the yoga pants. The yoga pants. But I told him that the, that smuggling the yo-yo, and he goes, "Why do they do that? Isn't that uncomfortable?" And I hypothesize that due to the fact that there's so many baldies out there, and in the olden days when we wore tight pants, we had a bush to keep everything from falling to any crevices. You know, Lori, I think, I gotta be honest with you. There's something to my theory. There's something to your theory I know. I really believe that there... The little bit of loofah sponge kept everything from going into the center. I I think that was a great theory, and I'm sure that he Joe put his head down and he said, why do I have these conversations? I I was just going to say, he probably said, why would I even ask you this? You know, I tried out a new restaurant last night, too. My friend Jill's birthday was last night. We went to Bardot, which is right over by where we're going two 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 East Hennepin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everything. Fantastic. Everything. But this one caramel graham cracker pineapple dessert. I thought I was just gonna die. Yeah, that does sound good. It's got all the good ingredients. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. All right, listen. We come back. Uh, It's our story. We can't get enough of. Everybody, welcome back to My Talk 1071. It is Thursday, March 1st. It's March already. I know, know. daylight savings time starts in two weeks. Oh, it does. Okay. So just remember. No, it's April 1st is daylight savings. Oh, Lord. Donnie, I like my two week. I like like my. Bad information I like here, my Danny. mystical memory of two weeks. I no, swear no, no. that's what somebody told me this no, morning on a morning no, say, news show. I'm pretty sure it's. I'll double check. I thought All it was right. April first. Well, don't double check because we got to get our GMA okay, no, audio. Go ahead. Yes, please do. And okay, so of course you know ABC broadcasts uh, the Oscars, and um, so this is we're probably going to get this today and tomorrow. Just some behind the scenes of Hollywood's biggest night. Yes. Last year's Oscar show was memorable. From Jimmy. I'm excited. I've never been to the Oscars before. This is my first time here. To Justin. La La Land. To just hold on a minute here. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. What I learned in a, in a big way last year is, you know, there's a lot of elements to the show that I don't control. Producer Jennifer Todd is back with Michael DeLuca and host Jimmy Kimmel for the 90th Academy Awards. And the unexpected is definitely in store. What can you tell us about what kind of surprises we might see on Sunday? There won't be surprises if I tell you. No. Um, no, I think Jimmy has a lot of great stuff planned. Uh, I'm really hoping there aren't any surprises to do with any envelopes. It's also a show that's making plans to acknowledge the cultural transformation now sweeping through Hollywood and beyond. How do you expect the ceremony to pay tribute to, to honor the Me Too movement? I think it's a a really important time historically right now what's happening. And we've been talking to them about how to address it in a moment or two in the show. But obviously, we want the show to be about entertainment. Nonetheless, expect to see Kimmel-sized comedy throughout the show. that the show works best when you keep the host around. So our, my sort of two rules of that is a lot of Jimmy 
And also, you have to get them off the stage, too. So just when we don't <laughs> expect to see him in a particular place, you might surprise us. Uh, yeah, he'll show up somewhere unexpected. Oh, well, that sounds like a surprise. Jennifer Todd tells us she'll be checking out the music acts on the big stage today. Now, with such artists as Common and Mary J. Blige set to perform, those figure to be something special as well, Michael. Absolutely. All right, so uh, I did think it was, you know, this Jennifer Todd, she was quoted in the... Um, Hollywood Reporter recap of the whole envelope gate from last yes. year. And when she like alluded that maybe F Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty will come back out. They're not coming out. No way. Because I heard her say, yeah, no, no way. No way. That's just a tease. Yeah. That was no one and done. In that, the first two pa pages of that story, the, every single person that was interviewed <laughs> had something disparaging to say about Faye Dunaway. I, Kimmel had, his thing was he was worried that neither one of them would be able to read the teleprompter, or what was on the little yeah. envelope. And this is the 90th year celebration, <laughs> yeah. so it'll be broader oh, than just 90. like Ooh. last year. It was the celebration of Bonnie and Clyde. You know, for them to be there. Right. right. So it'll be broader. Well, you know, I think they're going to... They. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel already said he's not going to do a bunch of stuff about Me Too no, or make isn't. jokes about... Uh, time's up, but they, 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 I'll be curious to see how he does reference it in the monologue. And he this, is so clever. Well, this is his second yep. year, and he did a great job of saving that. I mean, when he jumped up on stage and said, Warren, what have you done? I mean, yeah. that, that yeah. broke the, the tension. And that was just his quick wit. But um, I was uh, reading this story in Variety about when did the political Oscar speeches start? Oh, tell okay. me. Uh, I'm curious. Well, the 70s? very first one was 1970 yeah. when George C. Patton refused. George C. Scott. George C. Scott, excuse me, refused his Oscar for patent. Yes, I, I remember that. He refused Why to accept it. Why did he it. refuse it? Just because of the war in Vietnam or something? Probably. I, 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 don't, I don't know. And then really the next one. That really I, upended. No, 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 no. It upended all the tradition of tears, nervous humor, thank yous, and goodwill. When Marlon Brando won for The Godfather, and he sent actress Sasheen Littlefeather in his place to the 1973 ceremony to protest Hollywood's treatment of American Indians, natives. Native? Yes, and and that was really the that was. Partly because the speeches were controlled because Hollywood was controlled by the studio system. Sure. And no one would have been able to do that. But Brando doing that really kicked Things, the door down. Okay. In the years since, I mean, John Irving won a screenplay for Cider House Rules and he brought up um, abortion okay. because that was a key part of yeah. that movie. Uh, Patricia Arquette, when she won for 2015 Boyhood, she gave the impassioned speech about equal pay. Yes, she did. And Meryl, and you know, that's still a meme that lives on. Yeah. And then Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, he meandered around, and, but he did finally get to climate change yes, when he, he won for The Revenant. And um, before Marlon Brando, winners avoided making news, even if the time was right and the audience never bigger. Gregory Peck, who won in 1963 for To Kill a Mockingbird, mm -hmm. and he said nothing about the film's racial themes, even though in interviews he spoke about it all the time. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe 
every day at sax.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When Sidney Poitier won the first black actor Oscar for Lilies of the Field mm -hmm. in 1964, he spoke of the long journey that brought him to the stage, but otherwise made no comment yeah, on his milestone. No, not them. And when Jane Fonda, the most politicized of actresses, won for Clute in 1972, her speech was brief and uneventful. She said, there's a great deal to say, but I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to say thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So maybe your dad told her. Yeah, George that. Scott, mm -hmm. um, sorry to interrupt. George C. Scott, it's not, it was nothing about politics. He just didn't like award shows. Yeah. He didn't watch the awards. But he, okay. he refused to accept he, it. He refused. He said that the Oscars was a two-hour meat parade, a public display with contrived suspense for economic reasons. Yeah. Well, what do you think now? Because it's a four-hour meat parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it it's a half day. You know, the other thing that I, that I was reading about, just kind of some Oscar history thing, Things is that when the Oscars first started up until 1941, I think, because they started in the late 20s, um, they would let the winners know ahead of time. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. you would know you were winning an Oscar. It was not it a was, surprise. Yeah, but it, and it was all studio and they could, yep. you know, and everybody, I guess the first reference to a war was uh, um, the producer Bert Schneider and the director Peter Davis. They collaborated on this. Vietnam War documentary called Hearts and Minds mm. and they condemned the Vietnam War by name and they were the first people to do so and they even read a telegram from the Viet Cong you oh. can only imagine how incendiary Bob Hope who was a, a presenter prepared a statement and gave it to Frank Sinatra who was the host in 1974 and he read this we are not responsible for any political references made and we are sorry they had to take place this evening and he made Frank read that. Oh. And then Michael Moore got mixed response when he went bowling for Columbine mm -hmm. in 2003. Mm -hmm. And Susan Sarandon's, I remember her impassioned speech for when she was Dead Man Walking. Yes, yes, yes about mm -hmm. the death penalty. Yes. And sometimes the Academy tries to head off any statements before they're made. Whoopi Goldberg, when she hosted 1994, said, Save the whale, save the spotted owl, gay rights, men's rights, women's rights, humans' rights, feed the homeless, more gun control, free the Chinese, dissidents, peace in Bosnia, health care reform, choose choice, act up, more AIDS research. And then she made a joke about Sinatra, Lorena Bobbitt, and earthquakes. I Vanessa. love it. She covered it all, and then she changed her outfit. But imagine how many yeah. of those are still on the docket. On the docket. Yep. Okay, and that was 1994. So come on, people. All right, listen, we'll be right back with uh, Desiree Stardall. We got some beauty tips. Oh, that song can only mean one thing, Desiree. Stordahl, who is Senior Research and Education Manager for Beautypedia and Paula's Choice.com is with us. How are Hi, you, Desiree? Desiree? I'm doing good. How are you, ladies? We are good. It's sunny in Minneapolis. I don't know if it's sunny in Seattle. It miraculously is today. Is and it? I'm glad it is there as well because today I want to bring you guys some spring cleaning, your beauty routine tips. 
All right. I know it's a little early for spring, no, but it's not. To peak out. We're ready because <laughs> we just found out that uh, daylight savings time starts in two weeks. I know. So it's that's crazy. Good. I don't know that I'm ready for that. All right. <laughs> All right. What do you okay. have for us today? What are your suggestions to spring clean our beauty routines? So this is something that I have to preach to myself about because there are products that can accumulate in my cupboards and in my cabinets and in my drawers, and they might have been there for a couple of years. In some cases, that's okay. In a lot of other cases, it's not. So I'll walk you guys through the main what steps we, we what we know. can what we can keep and what we have to get rid of. Absolutely. Okay. So first up, we have to note that all beauty products expire, but not everything has an expiration date on. When it comes to skincare, you're really only going to see true expiration dates on sunscreen and anti-acne products. Okay. So then for the other beauty products, you're kind of left to do the detective work, but there's a few things you can look for. So first of all, on the back of your bottle, there's going to be usually this little jar icon. It looks like an open jar lid. And it's going to have a number and the letter M. And so it might say 12M, which would mean 12 months after you've opened the product is when you need to throw it out. And that is the guidelines um, set forth by the company, but they've usually done some pretty extensive testing to come up with those numbers. So it's a good... We never knew that. Because I'm looking on the back of like some skincare cream. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm trying to find it. So sometimes it's not like, on the bottle itself. Sometimes it's on the, it's on the actual box. Like I'm looking so at Aveda hand relief, and mine says there's a little lid open, and it says 24 uh-huh. months. Oh, I never M. knew okay. this before. Yeah. So in that case, that one's telling you you can use it for two years, two years. 24 months. And it really varies on the type of product. So right. if you are using like a heavily anti-aging product with a lot of antioxidants and anti-agers, like retinol and that sort of thing, um, you're probably going to have a shorter PAO date because those ingredients start to break down and you just want to be getting the best of the best out of them. So you want to be using them up within that period of time. Right. Okay. So All my right. That's other tip mm-hmm. <laughs> is, um, you know, if you're like me, I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, let alone when I opened up a product. So I always keep a Sharpie in the bathroom to write down the month and the year on the bottom of the of the bottle or on the bottom of the package somewhere so that I know I can count on that PAO date. So it's really from when I opened it, I write that date down I and I know I've got... Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. So like for like uh, foundations, like let's say you splurged and you bought a Dior or a Mac or, you know, something where you spent some money and you're just mm-hmm. tempted hang on to it because you you don't you, wear foundation right. every day and it's what yeah. is the longest that you can keep like foundation that's in like a pump dispenser in that case i would say about a year um especially oh, you know if it were a Lori and I, I think our eyes are bulging oh my gosh desiree <laughs> how about free samples how long can you keep those that you haven't opened <laughs> if you haven't opened up they can last for quite a while but okay. if it's a powder-based foundation, then you can go even longer than that. You can okay. actually get away with a couple years there. But yeah, when it comes to like liquid foundations, anything fluidy or creamy, uh-huh. um, that's where you have to worry a little bit more because they are easier to contaminate and you just don't want to be messing around with that. The other thing to look for is if it's changed in color or in smell mm-hmm. or in texture. So if it all of a sudden has become a little bit lumpy, that's a red flag. Right. It's this off-putting smell toss it. 
Um, and if it's changed color, then in the case of a foundation, you probably don't want that foundation anymore anyways, if it's right. the wrong color at this point. Right. So good, good things to watch for. And that really goes for any type of makeup. It doesn't just limit itself to foundation. Anything that's changed, even if it's before that PAO date or before the one-year mark, it doesn't matter. If it's changed, it probably means it's contaminated. Now, another one that you guys should really pay attention to, and I, I think I've talked about it here on the show before, is mascara. Yes. Most women hang on to their mascaras for way too long. And I don't care how much it costs you. You don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be contaminating your eyes. Um, and also, you can just get some instant side effects like itching or it'll just start to dry and flake out. So the general recommendation is three to six months. Mm-hmm. I actually err on the side of three. And yeah. usually, I'm the person who pushes things a little bit further. But when it comes to mascara... I don't play around with that one. I feel it's like you're, they're completely on. dried out. I feel out. like they're dried by then, yeah. too. Yeah. I feel like mascara has gone down a little bit in its staying time. Yes, it has. I think so, too. I've noticed that as well. And, you know, but women still hang on to them. Yeah. Or, you know, especially if they bought, like, Dior show, and they think, oh, I invested all this money. I don't want to get rid of it. But, really, you need to be replacing them frequently, which is why I'm a big fan of drugstore mascaras. Yeah, because um, you go through I them. I think they perform just as well, but then you're not so worried about the cost of throwing something away after three months. All right. Give us your um, latest. I just want to interject. What's your favorite mascara yeah. today? <laughs> okay. So it's funny. You should ask because last time I was on the show, I was trying out the Neutrogena Hydro Boost Plumping Mascara. And I was telling you guys that it was my first day wearing it, but I was loving it. I was going to give you guys an update. Update. I still love it. It is my new mascara in my routine. It's awesome. Um, Unfortunately, one that I just tested that didn't perform so well is Benefit's new Bad Gal Bang. Oh, yeah. It goes on beautifully. I absolutely loved the look of it. And at first I was like, yes, this is going to be a new Holy Grail mascara. But every day, and I tested this for two weeks solid, every day I had flaking. And I did it without any other makeup on to make sure that it wasn't my eyeliner or something else. And we're not talking just like a little speck here or there. It was pretty major flaking. So I was pretty bummed that that one disappointed. So while I have heard through the grapevine that the travel size of it works great without the flaking, and I've heard that about a lot of benefit mascaras, that they work way better in the travel size. So just a fun little oh. tip if you want to try it. Mm-hmm. But, but you said the Neutrogena yeah. Hydra Boost Mascara is your favorite. It's my new favorite. All it's right. really great. I think it's like 9 bucks at the drugstore. So Perfect. very budget-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how about, um, how about our eyeshadow? I know. Desiree? How long can we keep that around for? Eyeshadow is one of those things where you can really get away for a longer amount of time because it's a powder-based product. So, again, I would say two to three years is fine. Um, but if you're not using a, an eyeshadow up in that amount of time, it's kind of like, well, do you really need it? But I can understand it for bigger palettes where you have a lot more colors to go through. Right. And two to three years really is fine. It's a okay Lipsticks. Lipsticks are also two to three years. You would think that one would have a shorter shelf life, but it's actually pretty much okay. Um, And then other things like getting back into skincare when you're talking about, you know, a cleanser, that's generally okay for up to a year. Um, A serum might be anywhere from six months to a year. Okay. You have a product that's really high in vitamin C. Vitamin C is one of those ingredients that is hard to keep stable yeah, that one does time. go bad after a while. You can smell it. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it's a very concentrated vitamin C product, 
Usually it's around three months. And again, that should be on the PAO date on the back of the bottle. But if there isn't one listed, just know that you need to use vitamin C up pretty okay. quickly. If you're just joining, we're talking to Desiree. We're talking makeup and skincare and expiration dates and those kind of things. You, you talked about lipstick, you know, two to three years, if you'd like. Is there a special lipstick that you think is real? You know, because we hear some things, it's got too much dye in it. It's got this, it's not good for you or blah, blah, blah. Is there a lipstick that you think is just a real great, healthy choice? You know, I have to warn that a lot of times there's like these sensational stories that come out about lead in your lipstick or all these things. And truthfully, for what's being tested on the market, you don't need to be worried about it. Honestly, it's just like a sensationalized headline. Um, But if you are concerned with that sort of thing, there are definitely natural lines that you can go with. I just have to caution that when you go all natural, if the product doesn't have preservatives in it, then you're absolutely at high risk of contamination so that's where i get a little leery of it Um, but most even most natural brands that claim to be 100 percent natural still have some sort of preservatives in there because they just have to to keep the formula do you have a favorite right now desiree not for a natural no just for regular lips regular regular lips okay so dior's attic lip glow this is a product that's been out for years but they just um relaunched with some new shades and some new finishes and i really love this so it's not like a true opaque lipstick it's more of just like this sheer color that goes on it actually intensifies the color as it's on your lips um and i just love the texture of it i love the different colors a little pricey it's 34 bucks but that's a great one and then i personally haven't tried the new fenty beauty mademoiselle uh, plush matte lipstick, but this is one that my teammates at BDPD have tried, and it's becoming a fan favorite around the office. It's 18 bucks, um, and I don't know how many shades it comes in. It might only be this singular red shade, but it is beautiful from what I've seen my coworkers wearing. Did, did you guys ever test the Kylie lip kits? I personally did. On Beautypedia, we did not, but I um, did really like them. The lip kit comes, you know, with the liquid lipstick and then the the um, lip liner. My yeah. lip liner like broke in half almost instantly. Oh, really? So that was kind of a bummer. Yes. And I didn't get to use it for very long. But the liquid lipstick itself was great. But the key thing to keep in mind, as probably a lot of your listeners already know, is that um, Kylie's Cosmetics and ColourPop are owned by the same parent company and they're pretty much the same formulas. There's like a few variations here or there. And ColourPop is so inexpensive. It's like oh, a fourth of the price. That's really? a good tip. I think you did yeah. tell us that before. That, yeah. the, the color pop is what everybody knows, and that's who she did the partnership with. And it's just, it's like, uh, I suppose, you know, Estee Lauder owns and, Clinique or yes. something. Or a I don't quick know. listener question. Yeah. Uh, Colin wanted to know, does nail polish expire? Nail polish does go bad, and if there's not any sort of PAO date on the back of yours, like I'm actually looking at one right now that says 24 months for me um, on this particular one, but the thing to just watch out for is kind of similar to those other recommendations where if it's changed in texture, you know how a lot of them kind of get chunkier and thicker over time, then it's just not even going to be going on as good. So I wouldn't worry about it from a health aspect so much, but just in terms of performance, yeah, it'll eventually all give right. up on you. So look for that PAO date. It should be on there. All right. Very, very good. good. Desiree, always a pleasure to talk I know. to you. People, of course, Thanks, check ladies. out beautypedia.com or paulastrace.com. And we'll talk to you when it is full-blown spring. 
All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> um, and Lori, you were yeah. right about daylight savings time. It yeah. is in two weeks. Yes. Yes, it is in two weeks. Someone sent me a text and March said it's March 11th. 11th. Yeah, so, so just psychologically. Get ready. We really. Did you see the sunset last night? Oh, it, was it was beautiful. beautiful. It was so pretty. I know. It was it's, so, so pretty. I wish my bowling had been as been pretty. Been as pretty? I like Targner. I think I'm going to go try that Neutrogena Hydro Boost, Boost Mascara. It, says, it also has hyaluronic acid in it, which is supposed to be healthy for your eyelashes. Very good. All right, listen, we come back. It's uh, uh, we got a little clubhouse. Uh, Dennis Quaid was with Andy Cohen, as was Patton Oswalt, and they, they had a few friends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Any things to say, and we'll just catch up on some TV. When the word about what other people thought hey, everybody. Welcome back to my talk 1071. If her buttons had been on, you would have heard Julia and I having a conversation where she mixed up Dennis Quaid for Kevin Costner. And we both realized that, uh, hmm. you know, they're both good looking guys yeah. in their 60s. Yeah, they are. And Dennis Quaid, you know, he. I appreciate a man who colors his hair in a in a very appropriate color. in a in a really natural way. Just like I appreciate when a woman colors her hair in a natural way. As far as you know, it's his isn't too dark. No, and it goes with his skin tone, and he lets himself have gray sideburns. Yes, it's when you go and, and he had a fitted T-shirt yeah. on. He looked good. Oh, he's got some uh, guns on him. Yeah, he does look good. He's always been something that Dennis Quaid. Yeah, when they open the vault, you forget about how long he's been around how many movies he's been in first time i saw him would have been in the early 80s the the bicycle movie oh yeah oh yeah breaking away uh-huh. breaking and, away yeah and inner amazing. space where he fell in love with meg ryan when they were both inside a body oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah my little space. sister partied with him in montana he was a big party skier boy was he fun yeah yeah i believe he oh, yeah. would be fun and Patton oswald was the other person in the studio oh, because really? he Which- Finished his book. Remember when his wife, well, he's remarried now, right. but like two years ago, his wife, like, I don't know if she had a stroke or a heart attack, but she suddenly died and she yeah. was like 45. Yep. And she had this blog where she was very passionate about tracking down unsolved crimes. And she's oh, really? working on this guy who's, they think he's still alive. 75 rapes, 10 murders. He's never been caught. And oh, she my was, word. And so she finished. He, he finished Michelle's book called All Be Gone in the Dark, which is something this guy would say to his victims. You'll be dead and I'll be gone in the dark. Ish. And Ooh, a couple of people Ooh. didn't die and Ish. that's how they got it. But anyway, he, he corralled a group of people to finish his late wife's book. And that's what why he was on. And okay. um, But of course, people know Patton Oswalt. 
he, for nine years, he was, uh, you know, king of queens. He was, uh, Ke- uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin's his bully, brother? His buddy. His buddy, his buddy. Best friend. Oh, okay. Best friend. Yeah, yeah. Best friend. And, Don't forget uh, him in Justified. Oh, yeah. He Remember? was, but I mean, that's how people know yes. him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. King of Queens that lives on in syndication. I never, ever, ever uh, watched that show. Such a funny show. And he had great chemistry with Jerry Stiller, who, of course, was Leah Remini's dad. Anyway, here, let's play this one. Talking about Kevin's show, Kevin Can Wait. Pat and Leslie H. wants to know what you think about Kevin James and Leah Remini working together again on Kevin Can Wait. Does it compare to King of Queens, do you think? Um, no, because it's a, it's a completely, uh, it's, it's a different show. You, you can't compare one show to the other. Those two working together had great chemistry. So yeah. why not use that great chemistry in another project? No one got upset when they brought Bogey and Bacall back for the big sleep after they nailed it into Have and Have Not. So I thought it was it, horrible. Yeah, it, well, I'm just kidding. The hell? Andy, how I'm dare kidding, you? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They, they work well together. Yes. They like each other. So yeah, let them, it's great. Right. Why not? I love it. Yeah. And I do tape that show. Kevin? But I just haven't watched it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's just one more thing. You know. Well, thank you for that no uh, caveat there. That's good. I erase good it too. To know I tape you, it and I erase, erase it. it. Yeah. I tape, I erase. Yeah. And he just had a story in People magazine about how he stays so fit at the age of 63, but he enjoys working out. That's the secret to his working out. And he said he, he enjoys it. Yep. That's you got to find what you love. I know, but that is a real hard thing for people to find out what do they like to do for exercise. I mean, he... He bike rides and does yoga. And he just kind of looks like he's had that discipline for a long, long time. So here he is talking about his relationship with his ex, Meg Ryan. Dennis Quaid, uh, Greta K texted, how is your relationship with Meg Ryan now? Do you co-parent well? Let me answer uh, this. His <laughs> thing with here's the thing about them together. It's go ahead. Uh, we're friendly. Yeah. Yes, we are. And uh, obviously, we did a a really good job co-parenting because look at the result. Right. Yeah, Jax, he's doing yeah. great, man. That's so great. proud of him. That is great. And, uh, yeah. So it's kind of you need to be. He didn't say yeah. too much, but yeah. Jack Quaid, of course, was in that show that wasn't on very long that Holly and I watched, Vinyl with Bobby Cannavale. Right. And mm-hmm. he played sort of like this newbie um, account executive, A&R exec in the music. And yeah. he was quite good. Mm-hmm. He was good. But, I watched those first few. Yeah. yeah. And then Dennis Quaid, he was great. The last thing I saw him was Fortitude. Oh, yeah. yes. He's great in Fortitude. Yeah. He's so Season great. Season two, folks. Right. Season two. It was really yeah. good. So I don't know. Um, it's a new movie, isn't it? I Can Only Imagine. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's yes. out March 16th. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it looks like it's got a music band to it. I don't understand what it's about because I don't have the volume up. I just watched it. Is it called I Can Only Imagine? I, yeah. It's a face-based movie in which he plays an abusive dad. Oh, they say it's a tribute it's, to Billy Graham. Yeah. Is um, that right? If, even if you aren't Christian, there's a good chance you're familiar with Mercy Me's song, I Can Only Imagine. It charted on Christian mainstream and country charts with more than a million downloads. It's quite possibly the most popular Christian song of all time. Oh, I, I bet if I heard it, I would and know the, it. The backstory of the song has been made into a movie starring Dennis Quaid because... It's based on Mercy Me's front man, 
And his relationship with his dad, played oh. by Dennis Quaid. Oh, all right. I so, always like him. He was so, he's been good in everything. The Rookie. Remember when he was in the Rookie? Yeah. And, True story. Yeah. He, I like him. Let's jump yeah. to the last cut. We won't have okay. time. So, but this is this is a good one. My question is for both Dennis and Pat, and I was just wondering if through all their work, both of them have this wonderful work they've done. If they each of them have a favorite co-star. Do you have a favorite co-star? A favorite co-star. I think it, it's it's hard to say a favorite co-star because you each one is different. Right. Yeah. Everyone brings something new out of me. I mean, it's a serious answer. Yeah. I've worked with my smiling? idols and I've worked with people that I, you know, that the. Uh, Who were you the most nervous to co-star with? Most nervous to co-star with. Oh, that's with. a good question. Yeah. That is a really good question. Gene Hackman. Wow. Oh, oh man. I wasn't a, a co-star. One. I mean, I was, you know, was working with. He played my dad. Wow. I'd be paralyzed. So. <laughs> I would. It's Gene Hackman. Do you have a favorite so co-star, Pat? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it, it, I got to say, it's Charlize Theron, because I got to do scenes with this actor that's working on this level that, you know, it, 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 you, you know that you're going to be doing your best work because you're with someone that makes you up your game. Wow. And, and also, and she's, a, she's very tall, too. And she's very, very tall. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the, the, the amount of phone books doesn't exist anymore to get me up right, right, right. Yeah. I care about the rainforest. We're not yes. going to waste that many phone books. The movie was Young Adult. Young Adult. And, uh, and she also put the lie to that whole method thing. She could fall into this character and then snap right back out. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's a pro. Oh, my God. Like, it was just this other level of acting. So that's definitely been my, my favorite co-star. Fun. All right. Pat. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I, we'll be yeah. back.